I think so. While we while we still have everything uh, acting like it wants to cooperate. Yeah. Um, all that being said, I have no idea what the hell we're going to talk about. I don't either. Let's talk about whatever comes to mind. Sounds good. And let's get there in three, two, one. Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. I'm Greg Mahochko, and joining me once again, as always, is my good friend and yours, and uh, the brains of this operation, Mr. Haas Reuter. Haas, buddy, uh, it's not a Thursday night recording, it's not a Friday, it's not even a Saturday night recording. Here we are, 8.30 Sunday night. Uh, we've been busy this weekend, though. We, we've had some things going on. Yeah, yeah, we have. I can only speak for myself, but I spent a solid 10 hours yesterday helping a friend move and uh, then had some Wi-Fi issues last night that threw off the original plans to record. So it's good to it's good to be back, you know, talking Husker football and anything else that comes to mind with you, Greg. How was your weekend? It, it was good. It was good. Uh, did some yard work today, which was necessary uh you know uh got up onto the roof and tried fixing a, a piece of siding that some uh, recent storms had had knocked free and wind blown free and that's partially done but uh here's something we didn't talk about because we didn't know that it happened uh, at the time but last week my wife got some uh, plants so we we started a little garden in the backyard and uh and and then a day later my dog one of my dogs tried digging up the garden so Dogs, man. Dogs. Love them. Always uh, man's best friend and worst enemy all at the same time. Very true. Love them, love them both to death. But uh, So we've got uh, some uh, a little blueberry bush or, or blueberry, I don't know, plant, uh, raspberry, blackberry, and some grapes. Now they're all in their infancy, and we'll see uh, We'll see if I, I – I, I, really, it's going to be how, how long is it going to take for me to kill them. Um, but those are all fruits that we enjoy, so uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and you know, you may do everything right, and Mother Nature may throw a curveball at you with a drought or too much rain. That's what. That's probably what. I mean, let, let's face it. I'm going to do everything right. It's just you know, how how's Mother Nature going to screw me over? Yep, and you know, Mother Nature screws you over. It's just an institutional failure at that point. You had nothing to do with it. <laughs> um. Speaking of institutions and not failing, uh, congratulations to uh, your sister for graduating from, uh, I'm assuming it's the University of Nebraska Kearney, because I know you said you, that's where you were heading, was to Kearney. Yep, uh, yep. she graduated with her uh, master's degree in speech-language pathology. Um, she's far smarter than I am, that's for sure. That's now, above my pay grade. Now, 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 yeah. we, we all take different paths, but, you know... She might have the speech pathology gene, but you've got the football. So, yeah, I can tell you how to block a nose guard, or you know how to pass set a defensive end. But 
when it comes to the syntax of communication, eh, I'm a little lacking in that department. But graduation was good, albeit a bit long. You know, sitting on bleachers for better part of three hours was not ideal, but it's the sacrifices we make for, you know, the ones we love. And just remember, you can't spell drunk without UNK. That is very true. That is, uh, and judging by the uh, by some of the establishments <laughs> in downtown Kearney, including one that I ate at after the graduation, that is very true. So, let's dive into... Oh, I... I got to mention this because uh, you asked about my weekend. And uh, uh, yesterday, the first Saturday of the month of May every year is free comic book day. Uh, so did you go to your local comic book store and pick out some free comic sauce? Because I did. No, but I drove by one yesterday uh, as I was helping a friend move. Funny you mentioned that. What? And and uh, did you see a nice healthy line out there at the brick, brick and mortar store? Well, I don't know. It was in a strip mall on 120th and Center, so I don't know if it was the line or a bunch of cars in the parking lot to go in there or if it was for the dollar movie theater next door. That was still showing Jumanji for whatever reason, even though that's been on DVD and Blu-ray for the past three months. I was going to say, yeah, you can, I think I can get that on, on streaming on Amazon Prime now, but, uh, hmm, interesting. So... We, you want to talk about it, I know you do, because everybody's talking about it. Avengers Infinity War, am I right? <laughs> uh, you know, sure. Let, 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 I'm curious to hear your view of it. I, I can't I can't do that uh, here, just because I've got two reviews of it over on my okay. Nerds United podcast. Um, I, I enjoyed the heck out of the movie, uh, I'm going to say that. Um, this is, you know, I joke, you know, I, you made the comment on Twitter that, you know, like everybody's talking about this and I haven't seen it. And I said, Hey, guess what we're talking about? That's where folks, that's where this all stems from. Um, but I did a spoiler free review on Wednesday and then, uh, I did a, a very long spoilery review on Thursday. So people can check that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bore the Husker fans with it here. They can check out uh, the Nerds United podcast on the Junior Monkey Podcast Network. Uh, but I enjoyed the heck out of that movie. Looking forward to the next one. But I'm a nerd. It's it's my thing. I'm, I'm aware of many hats. Um, and you like your hats with camouflage and a big red N on, on the middle of it. I do not own a single camouflaged hat, actually. You should. I feel like... I am, not, I am not Larry the Cable Guy. No, but I feel like that's something that Zach Duvall would have. Yeah, yeah, looking like uh, the cross between a drill sergeant and Walter Sobchak from The Big Lebowski. So, if if you use that pop culture reference and, and less the Larry the Cable Guy, then it's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I got into a tiff, or, well, let me rephrase this. You remember the time that I said I was very um, difficult to be around the day of the Northern Illinois game last September? I do. Well, that night, well, that evening after the game, instead of just watching other college football games and wallowing in my misery, I got on Twitter and was reading some things, and at that point in the year, I was not on the Scott Frost wagon yet, and um, Larry the Cable Guy had a lot of tweets about uh, firing the leadership in the athletic department, Sean Eichhorst. and firing Riley and bringing in Frost, and I made some pretty um, smug comments to Larry the Cable Guy. I believe I quoted Abraham Lincoln's um, 
It's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. There are a few other things where I kind of poked fun at his shtick, saying, you know, I'm just basically stating I wasn't a fan of it. And uh, about 2.30 in the morning, I got a response from him, and he was basically just saying that, you know, he hopes that when I'm 50, I look back and realize how smug I was at 26. And um, so, Larry, if you're listening, you were right. I was wrong, and I do apologize for my level of smugness. But uh, just not a fan of his, you know, routine. So what you're saying is I shouldn't try to book him on the podcast? (laughs) Well, you know, me and him could probably have a pretty good conversation. I mean... Probably got more in common than we realize that we do. Yeah, there's there's always some, some common ground uh, to be had. Let's talk. We 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 do have a little bit of Husker news coming out of this past week, uh, uh, give or take, of uh, Husker football. It, I, I say it's probably the biggest headline, but maybe it's not the the biggest or most unexpected news. Uh, was that uh, a fullback left the program? Our only fullback, I, I believe. Uh, has decided to you know take his abilities to greener shores for him. Ben Miles, uh, son of Les Miles, is is gone. And what what's your take on that? Uh, and I, I understand that you know it's, it, they said it numerous times during the spring game that there's not really a a, a fullback position anymore. But Ben Miles is a kid who. You know, with his ability, you want to try to get him on the field any way you can. Didn't see the field a lot in the spring game, but uh, what what were your th- overall thoughts on Ben Miles both coming in and and uh, you know his you know his now departure? Well, coming in under Mike Riley, I thought that he would develop into an Andy Janovich type of fullback, a guy who'd be a really good blocker, catch passes out of the backfield, run the ball from the fullback position in addition to being a short yardage tailback like we used Janovich for a stretch of 2015. But it comes as no surprise that he's transferring. There's not a lot of opportunities in this offense for a fullback, you know, a very prototypical fullback type of body to find a role in the offense. If it was more like an Auburn spread offense where they use shorter, squattier H-backs as fullbacks lined up in the backfield, uh, there would be a spot for him, but Frost likes to use H-backs that are more tight ends, you know, a little bit longer, you know. And so it's just a case of it's an unfortunate casualty because I think he could be a really good football player. I think he will go on to be one at whichever program he chooses to transfer to. I mean, I could see him at, say, you know, teams that use a fullback within the context of a spread offense, like a Kansas State, an Oklahoma State, or an Auburn. Uh, I think he'd be really good in Gus Malzahn's offense. And so, you know, I, I wish him the best. We, you know, he chose Nebraska, you know, to come to school here last year. And obviously, wish it would have worked out better for him because it's the place he had his heart set on but at the end of the day you got to go where the opportunities are sure now you mentioned auburn but you also mentioned k-state and oklahoma state very interesting that you mentioned auburn because of course les miles spent you know many years down in baton rouge at uh, lsu you would think that there especially especially in the sec you think there'd be some kind of unwritten rule about you know, coaches' boys going and playing at other schools in that conference. 
is it just because of Auburn's? I mean, I don't know. Like, I I wouldn't. I don't see ever. You know, I don't see Ben Miles going and playing for Nick Saban. Uh, you know, it's just not. I don't know. I I feel like there's. Yeah, you either play at LSU. You know, if if Les was still the head coach at LSU, obviously things would be different. Maybe Ben just stays there. Uh, maybe not. You know, you're then you're playing for your dad and kind of in that shadow type of thing. But um, I, I just don't see any scenario where Ben Miles would go and play at an SEC team. Is that unrealistic? No, it's not unrealistic because you got to figure that he probably spent a lot of years, you know, with his dad coaching at LSU, just hating Auburn. Oh, sure. But at the same time, with his dad not being at LSU anymore and just needing to, you know, go where, you know, there's an opportunity. I think that it's just the pragmatic decision to go to somewhere like an Auburn, you know, if he wants to head back to the South where right. he grew up. Or, you know, I as much as I hate Kansas State, what they do with the fullback in their offense is, you know, pretty neat. I uh, don't really – I sound like Mike Riley using the word neat, you know. Uh, but I, I think that I'm trying to – I'm trying to think of other programs. I mean, there's Michigan but that uses a fullback, but I don't know about in-conference transfers. That rule is always so odd and depending on you know how it's enforced. But, yeah, I mean, I, I know that I would probably have a hard time if my dad was a football coach and I grew up, you know, with, you know, under his shadow, so to speak, even if he wasn't employed at the school anymore going to play for a school that he played every year in the same division a fairly you know contested rivalry i'm going to throw this scenario out at you because i think it's similar but enough similarities i guess what are you and you might have some insight on this obviously my time out in nebraska was spent on the you know northwestern area where you know you if you worked at chattern high school you lived in chattern i mean you know crawford Gordon, things like that, you know. But in Omaha or Lincoln, you have, I mean, do you have to live in the same district that you work at if you're like a coach and a teacher at the high school? No. Okay, so. No, I I know that, you know, there are a lot of teachers I had in high school that, you know, when when you get older and maybe run run into them out and about or stuff like that. And they mention, you know, they live in Omaha and commute out to Gretna, for instance, so, or Papillion, drive down 370 out to Gretna. So, no, you don't have to live in the same district. So A lot of times it's kind of encouraged. But. Right. But I, I'm wondering, if, and we'll say, you know, especially in the Omaha or, or Lincoln areas, you know, the more metro areas of Nebraska, how often it has happened where, uh, you know, a football coach doesn't necessarily live in the district of his school, so his kids go to – you know, maybe a rival school and, you know, lining up uh, linebacker or running back or quarterback or whatever on the opposite sideline is his boy. <laughs> He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> that that just, would, be, would be a little awkward, I, a little I, awkward situation. Well, you know for sure that that coach's wife up in the stand is definitely not rooting for her husband. Oh, night. no, She's not. Uh, you know, the, the coach is on an island by himself. Unless it's like the Bud Kilmer type of, you know, coach. Yeah. <laughs> Got 23 district titles. Count them. We, we are going to spend uh, 
you know, this is the first week of May. We're going to spend some time in the off season. We're going to get to know some of our Coronation uh, uh, friends, and we're also going to review some football movies. We don't have any of those lined up uh, for this week. We're uh, with you being out of town and me being exhausted. I Friday I was up at four in the morning. It sucked, um, but I was asleep by like nine. It was great, um, but. There's just a lot been going on, so we we're throwing this together at the last minute. But we're gonna, you know, we talked about uh, Ben Miles' departure. On on that note, we have a commit at the yes, running back dude. position, which is almost unheard of. Yeah, you know, if Reggie Davis was still our running backs coach at this point, we'd still be trying to swing for the fences for a five star just to get aced out by the time November rolls around, and then we're scrambling to find somebody in late January. So to get our second running back commit and a four-star top 250 player in Ramir Johnson at that, that's big time. And coming from New Jersey, I believe, uh, yep. so out of Rutgers backyard, um, not that their backyard is very big. I mean, <laughs> you can walk you can walk through Rutgers backyard in, in just a couple minutes. I think, um, and obviously this probably might be a, a better question for uh, our our scouting director, if you will, our our, our uh, recruiting director, our recruitnik, if you will, Rick. But what do you know about uh, Ramir and and what skill set does he bring besides the thing that Scott Frost and his staff have been after uh, ever since they got here, and that's speed, speed, speed. I was just about to say speed. <laughs> Ran a ten seven five in the one hundred meter as a sophomore, and it shows that he's got a little bit better top end speed than Torque out of the hole in his two hundred meter dash, which I think was about twenty two seconds. So that I mean that's that's pretty blazing fast. He he splits time with another starter who they're both in the same year. But last year he ran for about seven hundred yards. And he kind of blew his name blew up on the camp circuit, going to the you know rivals camps and stuff like that, and showcasing his athletic ability. And just to have a guy with that top end speed who's got a little extra in the tank, you know, a little bit more throttle to push down in the open field to run away from corners and safeties who are trailing on the play. That that's going to be a huge piece in this offense moving forward. Uh, that was one of the big things that made. Central Florida really tick last year, having a guy like Adrian Killings, who once he got into the open field on a sweep, uh, with that top-end speed, he was just able to pull away from secondary defenders, you know, after they would pursue from their original assignment. So we just got to keep stockpiling those weapons, and the more speed we get, pairing with getting, you know, the offensive line and the quarterback situation squared away, we're going to be able to showcase speed against top-notch defenses like Ohio State, like Michigan. Um, you know, when when the day comes that we start getting into play, New Year's Six bowl games and maybe even some playoff games, that's, you know, three to four years out still. But just having, just assembling that arsenal right now, you can kind of get a feel for what it's going to look like down the road. We're going into the quiet period. It is after after the end of the regular season, 
I mean, you, you love football to a point, I think more so than me, that you watch a lot of the bowl games, national championships, things like that. Um, I've come to the conclusion, especially recently, that I'm, I don't know, less a football fan and more a Husker fan. Does that make sense? Like, I, I'll mm-hmm. watch it. I want to watch the, the Huskers. If it's a couple other teams, I'm not as interested. And especially with the boy, you know, more likely to turn on cartoons to keep him happy. been watching the crap out of cars. Just just saying, Lightning McQueen, number 95, uh, rolling in. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, speed. Speed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he is speed. Good, good pull. He, he'd work. He'd fit in well uh, in, in a Scott Frost offense, I think. Um, Let's get a jersey and some pads. <laughs> and legs, probably. Yeah, that'd, that'd be helpful. <laughs> um, you know, he'd be a great running back to have when the weather's bad, though. Yeah, I mean, he does know how to uh, turn right to go left. So yep. that's, yeah, I'm trying to make sure that my direction. Yeah, that's right, because NASCAR's all left turns. Anyway, um <laughs> So there's a little down period between the end of the regular season and National Signing Day, and then a little down period between Signing Day, Spring Ball, and the Spring Game. But now we're in, like, the big down period. So Uh how do you keep yourself from going insane? A lot of DVR'd football games. (laughs) And if I don't have something on DVR, I pull it up on YouTube. And I'll scour the Internet for any playbooks that are out there and watch film, buy you know, coaching books off Amazon, scour the internet for any lecture notes from clinics, and uh, really just try, try to, there's always, even when it's like June 25th and football is still nowhere in sight, and I got other things going on, there's still one part of my brain that's switched on to football, I still got, you know, usually a notebook and a pen sitting somewhere on an end table, you know, next to the couch, ready, you know, when I get home from work or class or the gym or whatever, break down a little film. But so my mind never completely switches off of football. I'm ready to, you know, if I'm out in a social setting and someone brings up football, I mean, I'm ready to talk about it at a moment's notice. But it, it's tough, you know. Usually I enjoy the summer until about the 4th of July, and then once the 4th of July wraps up, it's like, all right, let's get, let's get summer wrapped up. You know, we got football. No. Like, let's get going. So yeah, we're in we're in what I call the wilderness of the off season at this point. Um, you it's do rough. realize uh, you realize though, that the Fourth of July is really just the beginning of summer, technically. Yeah, well, I'm not the biggest fan of hot weather. <laughs> like I, I, I enjoy nice, I, I enjoy warm days, but uh, it's probably a function of you know working outdoors for my job sure. mostly. You know, in and out of the office, you know out doing something where when I'd rather deal with winter in a sense, you know, so on those real hot days, it's just, uh, uh, that usually come about after the 4th of July, I'm ready to do away with it. I'm ready to feel that chill of an early fall, you know, those September mornings when, you know, pretty nippy out kind of weather that you can pull off wearing shorts and a hoodie, you know, that's football weather or the start of football weather. But, uh, yeah, gosh, I tried watching the NBA playoffs yesterday and the Kentucky Derby and some downtime when we were getting some food uh, in the course of helping my buddy move. And just doesn't just doesn't quite have the hook like football does. 
See, I think that you would enjoy hockey. Tried. I even have an uncle who's from Canada who's a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I just can't get into it. Fair enough. I'm not going to force I mean, my favorite sports are college football and pro football. And everything else is just in, in a tie for third place? Yeah, I can't stand baseball. I, I even tried, you know, early on opening day to get into it, even picked out a team. I was going to root for the Oakland A's, and I watched maybe an inning of an A's game, and I was like, God, I can't stand baseball. I don't mind college basketball, and, you know, I'll watch the NBA when it gets to the finals, but I can't sit through the the preliminary proceedings of the playoffs, you know, the uh, conference uh, semifinals and conference finals. So, yeah, I'm just uh, a football guy. That's what, you know. When, when it's not football season, I'm kind of like a man without a country. So, speaking of baseball, uh, the Husker baseball teams won five of their last six, including uh, taking the series over the weekend against uh, Big Ten uh, foe Maryland at home. And Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, tomorrow, as people hear this, uh, they're going up the road to Creighton. Uh, facing that, facing the Blue Jays in Omaha. That one's going to be on CBS Sports Network. And then back home for a weekend series against Indiana before finishing out the regular season. Uh, the middle of May, 17th, 18th, 19th, on the road to Champaign. Uh, and then, if, if things go well, a little Big Ten tournament action at Omaha's uh, TD Ameritrade Park. So, it's been a. I keep trying to get Keith on the show, but he never returns my messages on Slack. So I guess he he just really doesn't want to talk baseball. I know he. I think he's kind of. He's like they suck. This is they're horrible. Baseball bad. <laughs> but then, we just need to let Keith know that if we got if we put together a show in the wake of losing to Minnesota this year, he can get on here and talk about baseball. Yeah. Why do you, you keep going back to that Minnesota night? I mean, dude, that was that was a tough recording. Um, yeah, that that was. Oh, that was was that was that a, a, the? I mean, we've we've celebrated some highs here as of late, but was that the lowest point of our uh, of our you know shows? I I think so because even even as bad as like the Penn State game, you know, a week later was there was the optimism of hiring Scott Frost and just kind of road mapping the way forward for the program. That Minnesota game, whew, man, that was, uh, that was dark times, friends. Well, we're hoping to see some lighter times, he says, um, with a glimmer of hope in his eyes. Uh, we mentioned baseball. Let's talk about the women briefly. Uh, the uh, softball team limping dare I say, into the Big Ten tournament. They got a win today at uh, Champaign at Illinois, 6-3, to three, but that broke a an eight-game losing streak that went back to uh, Friday the 13th of April, which probably, uh, you know, was, I don't, I don't know, some telling sign or something like that. Uh, Bit of a heart. Yeah, it was... It, couple of sweeps at the hands of Minnesota, Wisconsin, and then, like I said, losing two of three at Illinois. Um, and, I mean, that's a very, just like the volleyball and, and the women's basketball, that's a proud program, and, and they're having a bit of a bit of a down year. Um, I don't know if we have anybody on staff, really, who covers the softball team. 
besides a mention here or there. Um, but uh, usually they do a much better job. We're we're very disappointed in them. I'm, I'm kidding. We're we obviously want them to do better, but we get it. It's competitive. There's a lot of parity. That's what that's the word, right? That there's a lot of parity in college athletics these days. And Ronda Ravel has uh, done a, a bang up job as, as the head of this program for over 25 years. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give her the benefit of the doubt and say it's a rebuilding year. Rebuilding year. Yeah, it happened. Just can't happen in football. <laughs> you don't think there's going to be any growing pains next year? Oh, no, I I anticipate some growing pains. We go 7 and 5, I'll be happy. Anything above that's gravy. Well, and that's and I I, I want to talk about. It. I want I want to I know our friends uh at the Big Red Cobcast uh have, you know, given their season predictions. I personally believe that May is too early for those predictions, so I'm holding off until I don't know the the week, you know, our our last episode before the first game and we'll you know, do our best to break it down at that point, but I don't God, know. Seems so far away, doesn't it? Though it, it's only May to June, June, July, uh, th- three and a half months. Is that the wilderness? <laughs> yeah. Um, for for you nerds, it's uh it's north of the wall. Let's put it, the the people who watch Game of Thrones they'll they'll pick that up. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's it's going to be here faster than. You think? I promise you that. And we're gonna we're gonna break up some of the monotony. Dare I say? Uh, like I said, we're going to get some of our friends at Coronation to join us uh, here from you know from time to time, every week, every other week, whatever it takes. Uh, and we're and then you and I are gonna sit down and talk some football movies because there've been uh, a lot of great football movies made and a lot of I don't know, not so great mo- football movies made. And we'll talk about them all. Damn it! Or at least till we run out of weeks before football. Uh, so we'll, we'll get through. We'll get through the wilderness together. We're not going to be uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. We're there, there's not going to be any intimate moments with bears. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I hope not. I mean, I don't know any bears, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, I've always figured that uh, that way, what happened to old Leo in The Revenant would not be very a, a very ideal situation. I, I imagine it wouldn't be pleasant. You know? No. I'd be very one-sided. There's a bear who's going to take what he wants, and then Leo's just going to, or, you know, whomever, in this case Leo, is be like, thank you, uh, good night. <laughs> Rolling think over there's the anyone field. alive? Okay, l- l- let's just to- have a total sidebar conversation pertaining to this. All right. Do you think there's any NFL player who would even stand, like, I'm not going to say stand a chance in terms of winning against a grizzly bear. But at least get a couple of licks in. I'm gonna. Th- I'm, I'm. I'm gonna answer that with the most ridiculous of hypotheticals. Okay. Um, he's because he's not playing anymore. Uh, retired, not too long ago, um, but he's from Wyoming. He kind of looks like a damn grizzly bear. Brett Kiesel. Okay. I think okay. I think he could, you know, at least, it, you know, make the bear think twice about it, and that that might come across as a homer pick because he was a career stealer, and and I love I'm a Steeler fan, not not a word from you, Hoss. Damn it. Um, 
<laughs> but I, I would say, I, I, I think, you know, he's got a little bit of outdoorsman to him, so I think he'd know how to handle himself. Um, yeah, I did. I, I'm not saying I want to see it. Like, you know, don't don't book it, Fox. I know how that Fox, you know, like, animals versus humans. Who will win in this reality show? Um, you know, if they had celebrity boxing, I'm sure they'd try to find a way to do this. But don't do it, Fox. Um, but I, I think Brett Kiesel would stand a better chance than most. Okay. Do you have I, any? Do you I have like any, that pick. Do you have any names that? Uh... I was going to throw out Aaron Donald from the L.A. Rams. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, and, and it's odd that none of us mentioned Indomitian Sue. Oh, that'd be that's another one to consider. Okay, Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue against a grizzly bear. Is it is it odd that? All three of our picks essentially are defensive linemen. <laughs> nah, not really. I mean, that's that's just pure force production. You know, the defensive linemen are doing on every play. So, and they're good with their hands. You know, getting into the chest plate of a lineman. And I envision that you just want to. I don't know if you want to punch a bear. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe just maybe just try to bowl it over. You know what? I think Donald and Sue probably could. I, I mean, I'd pay good money to see that. Not saying that I want it to happen, but, you know, if, if it did, you know, just uh, scientific purposes, you know, just see what would happen, you know, test the limits of the human body. I like it. Um, that That's how we advance as a species, right, is by, you know, and then, then the follow-up is who would win against the shark? Who would oh, win? Oh, man. You know, I mean... It, it, Michael Phelps. I can't think of any others. Um, they should have made that totally more interesting by putting Michael Phelps and the shark in the water together. <laughs> Briefly, since since we touched on it, uh, Indomitian Sioux, now a, uh, I almost said St. Louis Ram, now a Los Angeles Ram, um, he and Donald are going to be you know, anchors on what could be one of the best defenses in the league. But I want to go broader than that um i didn't have any problem with sue when he was a lion didn't have any problem per se when he was a dolphin um it meant for me as a as a fan of the nfl it meant more opportunities for him to take uh uh, shots at tom brady you know twice Mm -hmm. a year um now he is out west and I, I don't care. I, I, as much as I hate to say it, I, I don't care about the Rams anymore. Um, I, you know, I the only Rams games I went to really were the ones where the Steelers were in town here in St. Louis. So, um, but what is your? I mean, I I know I understand Husker for life, and I should be a fan of these you know former Huskers and follow them in their NFL careers. But a lot of times they end up on teams that I hate. And so I have mm-hmm. I take great issue with that. How do you handle that? Or do you are you able to look past the team and root for the player? I mean, even even someone like Danny Woodhead when he was on the Baltimore Ravens, I'm like, ooh, Danny. And, and same when he was on the Patriots, I'm like, ooh, I'm a, I'm a fan of yours, but I just I, and I hope I hope you run for a hundred yards and zero touchdowns if you're if you're playing my team, you know. But mm-hmm. how do you how do you separate that? About the same way. You just kind of hope that they do well, but the team that I root for 
wins. Uh, for instance, as a Chiefs fan, first and foremost, even though you know I'm pretty fond of the Patriots as well, I absolutely hated to see Andy Janovich get drafted by Denver. But, you know, you want to see Janovich do well, but at the end of the day, you want to see the Chiefs win. Um, trying to think, you know, one of my all-time favorite players in recent memory is Rex Burkhead. Mm-hmm. So when he got drafted by Cincinnati, I mean, I don't really have an opinion on Cincinnati one way or another. I do. Um, so it's just <laughs> kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, now he's with New England. You know, obviously that was pretty damn cool to see. But, um, yeah, it, it, there there is some difficulties. Like, for instance, if someone, you know, would have gotten drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, for instance, uh-huh. that, that would have been a little difficult. It, it would be, honestly, based on the Husker, I, I was going to say Huskers with a wink and a nod, but based on the Husker who was drafted uh, this past, you know, a couple weeks ago, I would have had an issue with that if he was drafted by the Steelers, too. <laughs> Tanner Lee? Yeah. <laughs> I'd just like the record to reflect accurately upon that I've been very adamant that Tanner Lee would be drafted. Oh, I don't. I, this is a quarterback league, and so I think if there's. Even even a halfway decent, a marginally decent quarterback, or or you know enough clay there that you know a, a coach and a GM think that they can mold into a good quarterback. I think that you know teams are going to jump on him. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to you know survive. Uh, but hey, I, I'm proud of him. I I do wish him the best down in Jacksonville, and and uh, you know maybe maybe he'll have an unexpectedly positive career. Yeah, I mean, when you have those physical tools that can be molded, it goes a long way. But, but let, let me just say that if the Kansas City Chiefs were to have drafted Tanner Lee, for instance, You'd been would I be happy that he was drafted because I said he would be drafted? Yeah. Would I be necessarily happy that he was playing for the Chiefs and that, you know, if Patrick Mahomes wasn't even in the picture? that Lee could develop into a starting quarterback, I'd have some serious pause for concern. Well, Just because physical tools notwithstanding, there were a lot of bad, ill-advised throws that Lee made. Um, The Northern Illinois game was not on him. That was a function of the pass protection and uh, wide receivers missing their blocks like Stanley did on that bubble screen. But in other parts, you know, he didn't see a wide-open, you know, corner route against Wisconsin. Uh, J.D. Spielman was running a corner route that would have converted for a first down, maybe even a touchdown, when the game was still close. So, um, Got the physical tools, just needs to put it all together in terms of mental processing. And let's face it, too, in, in Jacksonville, he has you know, someone in Leonard Fournette that he ne- has never had in the backfield with mm-hmm. him in his career. Uh, he's going to have you know, a, a an offensive line of grown-ass men, as, as they like to say, uh, you know, blocking. And, and that's that defense that Jacksonville had is ridiculous or was ridiculous last year. Uh, yeah, you know firsthand as a Steelers fan. Hey, everybody, that's going to be it for the show this <laughs> week. Uh, I've got nothing else. Hosses, Hosses taking away all of my joy tonight. Uh, well, you got bragging right on me for the past two years with the Steelers over the Chiefs. Yeah, but... You also are 
a quote-unquote bandwagon Patriots fan, so I got to do Yeah, I, I, I respect and admire the coaching philosophy. Fine. Be it that as it may. Uh, I really don't have anything else, and I think my headset's going out. So, um, yeah, we're going to get out of here because as I look at my screen, it's showing very little bubbles. So hopefully, Hoss, you're able to hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. There's a bit of white noise, but I can still hear you. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up while we still can, and uh, send you send the folks home happy, and that'll do it for this week. Next week, we're going to either talk to a coordination contributor or we're going to talk about uh, uh, the little giants. But one of those two things is going to happen. Um, it's going to be either the annexation of uh, Puerto Rico or Mike Jackson. One of those. All righty, I'll forward to both. <laughs> That'll be it for this uh, episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Hopefully our audio troubles uh, or issues didn't give you too much trouble. And that you join us again. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podbean or Google Play or anywhere that you uh, enjoy your podcast. You can always find us at coordination.com, jenryonkey.com. Uh, for myself, Greg Mahochko, and Haas Reuter, uh, we appreciate your listening. We'll remind you that this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Go Big Red. Win the damn off season. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.